Thank you for checking out the Dancing Eyes podcast, episode 23. My name is Frankie Caputo, and today my guest is Cameron, who's a 26-year-old provisional psychologist from Perth, Australia. Having nystagmus can heavily influence the kinds of people that we are, and in this episode of the Dancing Eyes podcast, Cameron and I discuss why this might be the case. What if we were never born with nystagmus? How different would our lives be? As I have just mentioned, Cameron is a psychologist. In what ways did having nystagmus influence Cameron's decision to have a career in mental health? These are just a few of the talking points that Cameron and I have had in this episode. Timestamps for all of the different conversations will be available in the description of the podcast. I've recently made a guest application form, so if you would like to be a guest on the Dancing Eyes podcast, you can find this form in the description of the video. If you guys are not following the Dancing Eyes podcast on Instagram, you are missing out. We are posting a bunch of clips from the episodes on there, and we've got a good little community going, and I highly recommend checking it out. You can find us by typing in Dancing Eyes Podcast or clicking the link in the description. This episode of the Dancing Eyes Podcast is sponsored by the American Nystagmus Network. ANN works to improve the quality of life for all persons and families affected by nystagmus through organized community, support, education, public awareness, and research. If you guys use Amazon, you can easily donate to ANN by downloading the Amazon Smile app. And for no extra cost, Amazon will donate a portion of their proceeds from your purchases to ANN. A link to the American Nystagmus Network will also be available in the description. Lastly, new episodes will be out on the first and third Monday of every month, so keep your eyes out for those. And with all that being said, I hope everyone listening enjoys and gets something from this episode, and let's get on to the show. Cameron, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah, I think I, I reached out Yeah, a few... When was it? It was like... About a month and a half now. ago. Yeah. 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 When I was like, um, yeah, I mentioned just before when, when I first found your podcast, I just went through and binged them all like within two weeks. It was really, really quite a, um, yeah, personal journey. I was like, oh, this is funny. This is sad. This is funny. This is sad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just, I found it so interesting hearing everyone's experiences and it was nice as well because I was like, wow, that is kind of word for word how I feel or what I thought that exact same thing before I've struggled with that exact same thing. So I just couldn't like get enough of that relatability. It was, it was pretty addictive. As well. <laughs> um, to be honest, I think, and yeah, there's something one of the like things, super, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. This is the fun part of doing stuff on zoom, isn't it? Um, <laughs> internet uh, lag problems. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was like younger and always trying to, you know, on the internet, research stuff about nystagmus. Everything that would pop up would mostly be like science, sciencey things like, oh yeah, this is the neurological condition. It was very science heavy, not personal heavy. So then sometimes I would find people's stories on Reddit and I'd read those. But very few people would talk about them or talk about their condition in such a personal way. But I think that's what I was like craving the most. So when I found your podcast, I was like, wow, this is like the personal lived experiences of people living with this. It's super, super impactful and super nice um, to listen to. And I was like, I want to be on that podcast and, you know, share my my experiences. But also, I think for everyone else on the podcast, like myself too, and you getting to talk about yourself, it's quite therapeutic to just talk about it in quite like a transparent way. Yeah, well, I'm super happy the way that you explained how you'd go online and it's all scientific and technical and kind of the best way that you could go about to getting somebody to relate to is going on Reddit and reading all of these stories on there. And that's, that's the exact same thing that I was struggling with is I'm, I've got this very specific condition and I don't have anybody who can relate to it. And I look it up online mm-hmm. I go on YouTube and Google and all these places and it's just doctors talking about the condition for their students or explaining what the condition is and how it happens. And that's not the, it's not the kind of stuff that I'm yeah. looking for. I want personal stuff. I want people actually talking about something that I can relate to. And like you said, the next best thing is, is Reddit and even something like that. It's like, yeah, we can read all these stories and it's so much better than listening to a doctor tell us about it. But even then it's like still not so much of a conversation. I think there's an aspect of communication where you mm. talk face to face with another person. It's just more personable than it is 
typing to each other. That's how yeah, it's a bit more authentic, and you kind of get to see the emotion as well, and get to hear the the, the weight behind it as well. Um, yeah. Like I think I've heard some of your guests, you know, a bit of a shaky voice talking about it because um, I don't know over the past few years for me, I've been trying to be a lot more transparent and comfortable talking about it. Um, but before, when I was that like, younger, anytime I'd talk about it, I'd start to get, I don't know, I could feel my eyes starting to water up a little bit or it was quite like a personal, vulnerable topic to talk about. Um, so, yeah, talking about it face to face is good to get comfortable talking about it so then we can do that more in the world and then more people find out about it and learn about it. Um, 100%. And it really is a vulnerable yeah. topic because there's, first of all, so little people who have it in <laughs> yeah. these certain experiences. I, I spoke to you a little bit before we started, but these very specific experiences that nobody can quite relate to unless you've had the condition and there's so few people that have the yeah. condition, which obviously means there's so little people you could relate to. And just a small example of this is you're having a conversation with somebody and your eyes just start shaking. And then do I tell them, do I not yeah. tell them <laughs> how are they yeah. perceiving me? Do they think I'm on drugs and just all these questions. And then, Oh, now I'm thinking about my eyes and I'm not actually engaging in the conversation. And where do I, then you're like, what did you say? And then it all goes, it's like a big cycle. Yeah. Do you, um, do you tell them, do you tell people that you have it or how do you tell people? Uh, it depends how bad they get. Like if my eyes start getting really bad, I'll, I'll tell them, I'll say, Hey, born with a thing, not on MDMA right now, though. That would be quite yeah. fun. <laughs> not on the, not at the yeah. moment. Am I on MDMA? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's kind of how I go about it. And, for Make it very clear that you're not on drugs. Yeah. Yeah, because that, that's like a go-to for yeah. people. It's either – so there's two things, right, yeah. from my experience is are you mm -hmm. on drugs or why are you so nervous right now? Why are you so anxious? Yeah. So what do you do yeah. when your eyes start going um, crazy? Well, what do I do? I, I do like to, to bring it up with people. Um, if my eyes start going crazy, oh, like if I'm – you know what? I don't know exactly what I do. When, when that happens, um, if I feel like it's important for it to be raised, I'll try and manipulate the conversation to go in a way where I can organically bring it up. Um, so yeah, I do that with like, you know, friends or, or like um, dating or if it's important. So for example, not being a drive is a, is a very easy way to segue into the conversation um, because I can be like, oh yeah, like, it takes me so long to get to work because I have to get public transport. Oh, why do you get public transport? Oh, I can't drive. Why can't you drive? And it's an organic way to bring it up rather than just being, like, out of the blue. Oh, I've got a vision impairment. Oh, no. <laughs> and how do people um, usually respond to you when you talk about your eyes? It can vary. I really appreciate it. I really like when people ask questions and try to, like, explore it because majority majority of people a lot of people um just kind of they don't respond negatively but i think they just don't know what to say or they think that saying something they'd rather say nothing than say the wrong thing right um i think so they'll just like be like oh yeah or they'll like start saying like oh that's really cool oh that's awesome that's that's so cool that you're like what's cool <laughs> what what's i don't know i don't know what's cool and then yeah, it gets a little awkward sometimes but maybe that's just me being awkward about it because i haven't always been the most comfortable talking about it yeah um i've got maybe i'm bringing oh, that into cool the conversation before too. that's yeah. definitely a, yeah i don't know exactly what what induces a response like that because maybe they actually do think it's cool or maybe it's just them yeah like hey it's 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 cool like it's not i've had people yeah. be like oh your eyes shake that's actually a cool thing i've I've heard stories where people say, I wish my eyes do that too. And it's like, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I, yeah, I was like, no, you, you don't. don't. Like, Why are you saying that? I don't think you, I don't think you do wish that, but I think they just didn't know what to say. So they, yeah. 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 Um, I was talking to someone, so they were a physio and apparently physios, I didn't know this, but they do a lot of work with people who have nystagmus um, because it can also be a, so I think I'm, it's congenital nystagmus for me. Is that the same with you? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so otherwise people can acquire it from, like, having a stroke um, as well. And then people with a stroke go to physios. So then she was like, oh, yeah, I know what nystagmus is. I was like, wow, 
cool. I don't need to explain this at all. That's super nice. And then she, yeah, she was saying that's really cool because um, she gets to talk to somebody who has it so then she can understand from like, a bit more personal conversation maybe yeah. what their clients are going through so i love yeah. when people know about it and i don't have to say anything I know, it's kind of a relief too or it's uh, like you can skip the initial awkwardness and get right into like the meat of talking about it too instead of like doing like a, how do you describe it when you how do you um, like ask what it is what do you say it's an eye condition that makes my eyes move around uncontrollably all of the time yeah. That's kind of how I'll, that's how I mention it when I'm on stage and I talk about it. So yeah, okay. it's kind of and then there's other there's so many aspects about it like I don't even bring up the null point or anything to people like you yeah. kind of figure that's not it's really something that I feel like I have to, I have to mention. Um yeah. cuz I don't know, but I feel like the eyes is something that I, I like to mention. So that's kind of how I describe it. How do you describe it? Yeah, pretty similar. I think I'd say something like, um, oh, yeah, I've got a vision impairment. Um, so it's a disability where my eyes kind of shift from side to side. Um, it can increase or decrease depending if I'm tired or fatigued. And, you know, the faster my eyes are moving, the worse I see. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much like that. So yeah. yeah, I'm not looking crazy or anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but no, definitely a relief when people already know about the condition. Like I was at a, a comedy show <clears throat> and one of my fellow comedians I, I was talking to before my set and we, we were just engaging and he looked at my eyes and he was like, oh, you have nystagmus. And I was like, oh, hey, how do you, you know this? <laughs> what's up? And he, and he was like, oh, yeah. I trained to be a police officer and this was just one of the things that they train you for. And I was like, yeah, I'm super aware of that, unfortunately, because then people now people think that you're high, and because that's it's literally yeah. one of the first thing that a cop will look for when they're looking for an intoxicated for. person, yeah, nystagmus. So yeah, it was definitely it's always neat when somebody knows about it and you don't have to go through all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So you're a yeah, provisional a lot of psychologist. Oh yeah, I am. Yeah, provisional psychologist. Um... So what is that? Yeah, I can talk a bit about it uh, yeah. if you want. Yeah. So it's, well, a psychologist, I just provide therapy to, to clients. Um, I work with a pretty, the, the clinic that I work at is a pretty big variety of clients as well. So it can be anyone of all ages and also people with disabilities as well. Um, I'm pretty new in the job, to be honest. I've, I got the job about three months ago. So I just graduated my degree, like, at the end of last year in November, and it took me a while to find a job. Funny that not being able to drive was partly a barrier to finding a job, um, yeah. but I found it a pretty good workplace uh, where I'm at now. I've always been um, curious about this very specific thing about being a psychologist, and that is when you have a patient and you're sitting across the room from them and they're talking to you, and your eyes start shaking. Do, do you have to mention your <laughs> eyes before you meet up with one of these No, people? I don't. I have thought about this, though. And it's not even just, like, at work, but it's also just, like, yeah, do, do you mention it or not? Because, like, um, obviously, like, we can see people's faces, but we can't see the intricacies of the emotions going on as clearly unless our faces are pressed up against theirs. So, um, it's happened in the world and it's happened, like, at work as well. If people are crying... I don't register that they're crying straight away. Mm, so, same. so like, you know, they're, they're, they're talking and I'm just like, and I keep talking back to them. And then I'm just like, I think a few minutes went by before I realized that like they were crying and you kind of, <laughs> I think, yeah, you just find alternative ways to recognize it. Like, you know, if you hear someone sniffling, that's probably a sign um, as well. Or if they're like, you know, wiping their eyes, just things that you can, different cues, I think, to, to learn to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mentioned it, that I've got it in my sessions, but I would mention it. I think it would probably be pretty useful, especially if I was working with um, other people with disabilities because, yeah, it just kind of opens up a relatability as well. It's like, oh, you know, I've shared this. I understand some experiences of the challenges life can offer if you're different than other people. Mm -hmm. So I think it's helpful, if anything, um, in a therapy setting. Yeah, I think it's nice when, because like, I've been in therapy a couple of times, I think it's nice when the therapist can kind of relate to you 
on a certain thing. Like right, right after my dad died when I was 13, I did some therapy and I had a therapist mm-hmm. and she had mentioned to me that her father had also passed away when she was about my age. And I think that that helped me a little bit and allowed me to kind of be like, Oh, she kind of knows where I'm coming from here. She's been through something yeah. similar. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. They can, it, it helps like, yeah, exactly what you said. They can, like you as the client can understand. Yeah. They, they, they had some life experience with the challenges that I'm going through. Yeah. The situations are different, but there's going to be some things that they can relate to that maybe someone whose parent hasn't passed away, can't relate to. So yeah, that's really nice. And yeah. um, hopefully it's it's a similar experience if I was to divulge that with my clients as well. Um, so what influenced yeah. you to go through the psychology route? Um, so it's a bit of a long journey for me getting here. Um, when I finished high school, I started, I went to university and I started studying a different degree. So the degree I first started studying was... It was some marketing degree and I just wasn't enjoying it at all. So then I was like, sat myself down, was like, what are you, what are you interested in? And I thought, well, I'm interested in the way people behave and, and all of that. And then I kind of went along with that, to be honest. I don't know how much in-depth thought I put into it, but having gone through the degree now reflected, I'm like, I think what's really influenced me to study psychology and mental health is the vision impairment. Um, is a huge reason that put me in that direction because I grow enough, you know, I'm very familiar with uh, the mental health challenges that can arise from it, like feeling anxious a lot um, as well. And yeah, having challenges in life that maybe other people without a disability don't have. Um, I think all of those things have pushed me into that area, having to talk a lot and confront my own emotions and vulnerability probably all of those things pushed me into it. And then naturally I think I've got an interest for it because of that. Um, and Interesting. Yeah. And say that probably is one of the biggest parts that's pushed me into that area as well as I think it's really important as well, just to talk about mental health in general, not even like disability specifically, but it's good for people to talk about what they're struggling with. Um, okay. So that's kind yeah, of how your probably, eyes yeah. have affected your your interest in psychology. How do you think, would you say that psychology has affected the way that you look at your eyes? I'd say it's influenced the way that I cope with things in the world. Like, um, it's, uh, has influenced the way psychology influenced the way I look at my eyes. Um, well, you know, um, like like I've had guests who, yeah. I've had guests who are into philosophy, for example, and maybe they'll take some of the things that they've learned and use it in relation to their eyes and it could potentially help them be more secure with themselves. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, it's a good way to put it. Um, yeah, I'd say that. What have I tried? Uh, just kind of knowing like, oh yeah, everyone's got things that they struggle with. I've got this thing I struggle with and that's Okay as well mm-hmm. um trying to get more comfortable with yeah i'd say i'd say that's probably the biggest part of psychology and studying it and working in it has helped with is just get comfortable talking about vulnerable topics if for no other reason maybe it would be a bit hypocritical if i wasn't comfortable doing it but then i expect all of the clients to divulge their vulnerable stuff to me so um yeah i think that's probably been a good way to push me to talk about it as well as understand okay yeah what what point in your life would you say that the nystagmus started playing a role when did it start affecting you i think it's impacted like everything i do not in a bad way or an extreme way with everything when did i first notice it when did it playing a role um in school probably when i started to recognize it just when all of the accommodations have to start being made for you in classes as well. Um, my parents were really supportive. So they helped while well, I was a kid. So they were, you know, talking with the school and making sure all of these accommodations could be made. So that would go from like where I'd sit in the classroom or large print books or um, a variety of other things as well. Mm-hmm. But I probably started noticed it playing a role 
then because I was like recognized that I was different because I'm sitting there in in primary school sitting at the front of the classroom with a giant a3 sheet of paper on my desk um which that is just like an it's like well no one else has that on their desk so it just made me feel separate from everyone else and then I hated it so much I I, yeah um did you hate it because you didn't like being different or did people mention it to you were people making you feel excluded no I, I I was pretty fortunate I don't I don't remember or recognize ever really being bullied but i think it was more of like an internal thing like i recognized that i was different and i didn't want to be different i didn't want to need to have that a3 sheet of paper on it um later down the track i ended up finding a compromise with the schools with like increase the font size but make it a4 sheet of paper because for one thing i think an a3 sheet of paper is impractical like doing an exam and turning through page after page of a3 yeah <laughs> is um quite taxing yeah um, true and yeah, nowadays unfortunately we could yeah. uh, take pictures of the board yeah take pictures and, and find all of these fun ways to problem problem solve it um i think yeah. we're quite fortunate in that we have nystagmus in a world where we have a smartphone because it does mean we don't always have to ask for help to read a menu as such or we don't um have to read street signs or look at maps because we can just put on google maps and yeah a lot of things we can disguise those barriers um that we have quite a lot yeah technology Um, has definitely helped with with assistance and like a good example is the menus another really good example is the uh the Google Navigator and Siri yeah. talking to you and telling mm. you where you're at. I know you don't drive, but there's you know people with nystagmus who do drive, and that's mm-hmm. definitely something that you'll commonly hear is like, yeah, I drive, but I still can't see the signs. So I have yeah, to <laughs> Siri, tell me the signs. Yeah, just look at the just look at the um, yeah. Have Siri tell me where to go. Yeah. yeah. So were you always under uh, the idea that you weren't gonna drive, or was there a certain yeah? Way? I, yeah, I knew that from the get-go. I think my parents, I'm assuming, I haven't spoken to them about it, but I'm guessing from as, as far back as I can remember, they always mentioned that it was probably a possibility. So but then the time it got to when I was 16 and everyone was getting their like, learner's permits, I was like pretty familiar with the idea that that wasn't going to be something I could do. So it didn't come as a surprise. Um, it, didn't, uh, it didn't impact me too much then. I'd say it impacts me more now that I can't drive because if I want to go anywhere at nighttime, then I probably need to either pay for an Uber or something. And then that can be quite expensive Mm -hmm. if it adds up. Or I have to ask somebody to give me a lift, which, you know, my friends and family are happy to give me a ride. But I also hate that I have to ask for that help as well. Yeah, you want to be independent. You want to be able to not ask somebody every time you got to get somewhere. Yeah. I know, and it's like, I know you're telling me that I'm not being a burden, but I can't, yeah, just stop feeling like um, imposition almost, yeah. right? Because if I didn't have a vision impairment and I still didn't have my license, the way I would rationalize it is, yeah, if you're giving me a lift, when I get my license, I give you a lift too, and then it would kind of balance out. But now I don't have that ability to offer that. So then I try to find alternative ways, like, oh, yeah, I'll shout you a drink here or I'll buy you a movie ticket. The, that's um, kind of the best the I got like, too is like yeah I'll give you gas money yeah. and I'll yeah. you your lunch or something yeah. yeah and I'll thank you too much more than I probably should yeah <laughs> um, yeah um, how's the public transportation yeah, talking, where you're at it's not too bad everyone says it's pretty crap but I think I've found a way to make it work for me and I think if I went into it with a mindset that it was completely garbage and terrible, I'd be a pretty unhappy person because it's all yeah. I've got to get it around. So, um, so uh, by the way, for anybody listening, you're, you're in Australia. You're in. Oh yeah, uh, I'm Perth. in Australia. In yeah, I'd be able to hear it in my voice. <laughs> Whoever the majority of the audience is, yeah, yeah. Um, well, because you are the second yeah, so, person who lives in Australia, yeah. but uh, Mikey wasn't born in Australia, so you don't hear that same accent. So we get the full experience, <laughs> the full Australian experience with you. I'm glad to be the first Australian accent on this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what was I? What was I going to say? Yeah, public transport. So where I work, it's 
about an hour. It would be an hour hours drive from where I am. So an hour's drive on public transport in the morning, I have to allocate like two hours to get there. Mm. Um, it doesn't take two hours on public transport. So if everything lined up fine, it'd be a 10-minute bus, five-minute bus ride, 40-minute train ride, 10-minute bus ride. So I could probably do it in an hour if everything lined up. Yeah. But not everything will line up, right? Like if I miss my bus, then that means I'll miss my train, which means I'll miss my bus. So then I often have to get places early and allocate more time um, to get. Have you ever considered? Yeah. Um, like, do you think that legally you wouldn't be able to obtain a license, or is it more of the mentality? Because I've. Uh, yeah, legally, the reason I asked the question is yeah. because I've had people on my podcast who have about the same vision as you like you're 2060 2080 and uh i've definitely had some people on the podcast with that vision who do drive but it's you're about to answer now but like the as far as legalities go i think it requires less over in the u.s than it might in australia yeah that's what i learned too because i was like wow yeah my vision's similar to what other people are saying it is um yeah yeah, similar to what other people have in the US and they're able to drive in Australia. And I think that the people we've had from the UK as well, it's similar to Australia. I think it's 20, 2040 that you need to be able to drive. Damn. So, okay. yeah, I think it could be a little higher, but either way, yeah, I, it, mine unfortunately is not. Um, yeah, if that was the case the, over here, then there yeah. would be a lot of people in the Stagmas who wouldn't yeah. drive, who do drive. Yeah, <clears throat> I've always thought about. I don't even entirely think that the twenty twenty system is is a good way to measure the Stagmas because uh, I think yeah, I mentioned earlier, and yeah, other people have mentioned it too, is like being tired or fatigued or anxious. Um, all of those things will worsen your vision. So it's not like a fixed 2060 vision. One day it may be 2060, one day it may be 2050, but the next day maybe it'll be like 2100 if you're like super sleep deprived. Yeah. Um, and also it and varies throughout the day, right? So like not even exactly, one day 2060, yeah. one day 2080, but it could be like at 1 p.m. it's 2060, yeah. at 105 <laughs> it's 2080. Yeah. And it's not predictable, right? So you can't yeah. like, oh yeah, all right, uh, it's... 10 o'clock my vision is now at its peak it's time to <laughs> <laughs> yeah imagine, imagine yeah, we were on a little schedule yeah. over there it'd be a lot easier yeah <laughs> um yeah so i was just like oh even if my like in like i think i'm happy that i know that i can't drive like i've got a definitive answer because mm-hmm. um, i how do you feel knowing that you can drive but you have challenges doing it like does that right. how do you <laughs> Yeah. So here, here's my answer for that. So I've mentioned before, I do have a driver's license. So I have taken that step and I have driven and I've driven for four or five hours. So not that many hours at all, but I have gotten mm-hmm. on the road and um, I'm at a stage in my life again, where I'm going to start to get on the road again and start mm-hmm. to give it another go. I, yeah. at the time when I was driving, I was I didn't really have a car to drive, so I would take driving lessons. And so the only time I'd be able to drive was with my instructor. So I took four lessons or so, got my license, and just never drove again. And so not driving led to a lack of belief that I could drive, Mm. even though I had done it for hours and hours. And now it's been about a month, a year and a half since I got my license, which, cause that was like January, 2021 is the last time I'm driving. Right. So I don't actually really have a negative experience with driving and it's really just a confidence thing. And th- yeah. thanks to all the people that I've had on the podcast who drive in the, mm-hmm. the select few of people who have been on the podcast who have worse vision than me and still drive. Yeah. Uh, Thanks to them. Yeah, oh yeah, okay. If they inspired. could do it, I could do it. Yeah. yeah. I've, there's definitely people who have worse vision than I do because mine's not so bad. And and here's another thing. Mm-hmm. I just This is another level to my thing. And that is I got LASIK surgery last year. Uh-huh. And my, sur- my eyes got to about where they were with the glasses 
in an, a little bit throughout the time the vision has lessened. So my eyes aren't as good as they can be right now. And yeah. so right now I'm working on getting a new prescription just for when I drive mm -hmm. so that they can be as good as possible. And the second I get that Hands prescription, it, yeah. the second I feel like they're as good as they can be, then I'm going to get back on the road again and give it a, mm -hmm. a real go this time. So that's kind of the update there. And yeah, it's really, it's just a confidence thing, man. Like I just wasn't confident that I'd be able to do it. And it's just, it, that stems from a bunch of, like negative interactions with myself, just doubt and talking mm -hmm. negatively and ideas that don't necessarily need to be there, but they're there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I felt like I let myself down because I took the step in, in driving and then I kind of just stopped doing it. So yeah, it didn't like keep it going. Yeah, yeah. I didn't keep it going. So that's, I don't know if that's an answer to what you asked, but that's, well, yeah. Cause the challenges that you're kind of like going through of like having your license, but then also having nystagmus, it's like, yes, you know, in theory, you're allowed to drive, but then you're like, oh, am I good enough to drive? Am I going to have an accident? Am I going to like those types of things? And like for me, at, like in Australia, because I can't drive, I'm like, maybe I'm able to cope with it a bit better because it's a black and white answer for me. Yes. So I don't have to like question myself um and yeah part of me wishes that it was yeah. that simple for me as well yeah like, oh, i definitely can't do it i just shouldn't even bother yeah um yeah it's kind of similar to um similar way i like think about it as well uh we can talk about yeah one of the points um was about like identity as well um mm -hmm. uh with whether or not you'd get rid of the uh nystagmus if there was something that let you do it and i've struggled a lot with that question and i go back and forth back and forth like would i do it would i not do it um because yeah if i got rid of it yeah i feel like my identity is like there are a lot of things that i'm interested in like i love reading movies hanging out with friends a lot of you know standard things but um i'd say my nystagmus is like a core part of who i am so then would I choose to get rid of it if I could? But then if I did get rid of it, would who am I without it? Yeah. yeah. Would I? Yeah, because it'd be like a core part of me being taken away. So whilst I want research to be done to help people get rid of it, I simultaneously want to prolong that happening as far as possible because not having to make that choice um would uh help yeah help me feel a bit more comfortable because if there was the choice yeah you you can get rid of it and then you're like mm. yes getting rid of it from like a logical point of view would mean i'd probably be able to drive it would mean that i wouldn't feel like i'm a burden to people it would mean that i don't need to have my phone pressed up against my face when i'm reading it or um, it means I could like sit, see people's expressions, but then, so there's lots of benefits, Yeah. but I don't know how I would cope if I got rid of it because it's, it feels like who I am. So yeah, I don't really know like what are the core part, like, well, one of the common things what, is empathy, right? Like yeah. it will have us be more empathetic towards the differences in other people. That's one yeah. of the things that I hear frequently. Yeah. Yeah, and like that would that would still be there, right? Like you'd still be empathetic towards people, but I'd almost feel like I'm like I've cheated the system a little bit somehow. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can relate to you. Well, I can relate to you from my past experiences, but not from my future experiences anymore. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'd love for people to be able to be born without it, or if interventions can be done for kids growing up so they don't have to navigate those challenges that we have we're on the way to that i'm just like uh, yeah we're on yeah, the way there's there. like more stuff going out. pretty good yeah. for that yeah. yeah once um once driverless cars and everything are Ooh, universal and that'll be the <laughs> i figure it'll only happen if every car on the road is um driverless because as long as there's Give it less than 50 years 
we're, 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 yeah. we're on the way yeah. there. Yeah. Let's say 25 yeah. years. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, day. but that's like a yeah. real, real thing though, right? Like you, we would be different people if we were born yeah. without nystagmus. My whole personality yeah. would be different I know. if I wasn't born with yeah. it. I'd be a different person. Because it impacts everything we do. It, it like the, in, the way we interact with people. Like imagine if you didn't have it, you wouldn't feel that need in every conversation to bring it up. <laughs> so you, you wouldn't be thinking like, oh, you know, are they looking at my eyes or I can't see. Cameron, I would love to be able see. to just interact <laughs> with people and meet somebody new and not have to worry about my eyes. You know how much yeah. I would love for that? Like, I feel so liberated yeah. when it's really sunny outside and everyone's wearing sunglasses. I feel, sunglasses? Super, I feel yeah. super liberated because it's like, hey, I'm wearing the sunglasses now and I don't got to <laughs> mention my eyes. And I, It's not that I feel like I have to mention it, but I don't have to be you didn't have to think care about them. Think I about it. Think about yeah. Them. It's just they're, yeah. And I have the lenses where you can't see through them. So I just wouldn't yeah. have to. It's just a thought that, I, that yeah. doesn't have to be there. It sounds so... <laughs> Yeah, it's just to I know, like, so that's, like, that's the thing. I, I'm not a very envious yeah. person, but the one thing that I do envy is yeah. like being able to stare other people in the eyes and not uh-huh. feel some type of way about that. Yeah. Do people comment on it? Do you do you get people comment commenting on your eyes moving, or um, is that just more of like an internal thing that you think people are? noticing yeah so so my answer to that would be when i was younger in high school i wouldn't get many comments about it i'd say maybe like one out of 30 people would say something but that one person sticks with you and that one person even though the fraction is so small it that that one person really sticks with you and then it makes yeah. you that's just kind of like how our psyche works and for me that just yeah. really influenced the way that i looked at every conversation the ratio could have been it could be one in a hundred people and mm-hmm. i still would consider it when i talk to people and so nowadays people don't really mention it very much but that's just kind of like because i'm more secure in mentioning it to people and when yeah. i do mention it to people i'll have people like thank me for mentioning it because they were <laughs> like concerned or they were wondering sure they, they, were, they weren't able to focus yeah. and they just so I've had people mm-hmm. thank me, be like, like, thank you for, for mentioning that. And I just feel like that it's an elephant in the room. And if you can alleviate the elephant, yeah. then, then it's a better thing. And it'll allow people to actually focus on the conversations being had instead of mm-hmm. other things that aren't as relevant. I, I posted a comedy clip from, uh, from one of my sets and somebody commented this, this guy's on Molly. Look at his eyes. So, sometimes people will say things like that it's like yeah dude yeah, i'm on uh, i am on molly yeah. uh, i'm performing I'm talking coherently a comedy club yeah and i'm telling jokes that i memorized and practiced a hundred times yeah. but i'm on molly uh, yeah but i am yeah, <laughs> yeah no. you got it yeah yeah, yeah you figured no, the, it out the clever one yeah, yeah. so um yeah that's kind of my experience. Like, it's just really not a lot of people mention it but the few people that do mention it kind of kind of mm-hmm. sticks with you they stand out yeah because yeah. when i was in school not many people would mention it and then i was like well are they noticing it and just not talking about it and yet some people will notice it and then i'll bring it up and they'll be like oh yeah i, I noticed your eyes are moving as well but then i've known people from for years and i'm like huh i thought i mentioned that i had this condition and then i'll like come up years later and uh, i'll be like oh yeah like i can't drive like oh yeah you're just too lazy to get your license like, no i've got um, a disability where I can't drive. And they're like, what? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> How have we been friends for this long? And you're just like, how's that not come up? <laughs> That's yeah, interesting. Super funny. I'm like, well, then it, like, I feel like it's probably not always as visible as we think it is. That's what I learned from that. I was like, well, either I'm disguising it relatively well. Not that I try to disguise it. But, How, yeah, does, it do you think that, maybe, how uh, would you say it's affected... Uh, your relationships with women um not like a super negative way i think overall it's been like a pretty positive thing um i had like a really supportive girlfriend for a while i'm single now um but she was like i i never felt like it was a problem 
in that relationship. Mm-hmm. So that was really, really nice. Um, what about when yeah, meeting like was, Do you do... Because I'll feel like people? about yeah. not being able to drive. I'll feel bad about not being able to pick the girl up for the date. You know? Yeah, I, <laughs> that definitely happens with me. I'm like... Uh, I try to either make a joke about it or... But I feel like it's important to bring up to... Just for like... Just to get it out of the way as well. In a way, I think it's like a good thing because any decent person that we meet in the future isn't going to care about it or they're not going to like let it be a barrier to getting to know us yeah. and um, want to spend time with us, right? However, there are people in the world who that would be a barrier for. So the quicker we tell people that we have this condition, the quicker you filter out these negative people in our life. So I think it's, if anything, it's a really good thing. It may limit the short-term or casualness of dating, but yeah. I think it does help solidify stronger and more personal connections because I really appreciate, yeah, because like the people in my life, not even just like, um, obviously, yeah, my supportive um, ex-partner, but like just friends and friends and family, like if they talk about it, if they try to help me like read things or um, offer me lifts, I'm like, you're a really cool person. I want to keep you in my life. Um, and I kind of look about it like that, you know, with dating too. Like if I went on a date with someone and they offered to take me home, I'm like, cool. Well, you're obviously like a good person, you know, like even if it doesn't go anywhere, I still recognize that, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice thing. Yeah. Um, there is something to be said about that's how, how you yeah. eliminate some of the people that you don't want in your life. Some of the people who yeah. have built up that ability to, put some things behind yeah. them and not look at them as a deal breaker. Cause that not only exactly this goes for all relationships, it doesn't have to do with uh, yeah. significant others, but even just friends, right? Like if there's a friend who, yeah. or if there's somebody who you're potentially could be a friend to you and they're making this out to be something mm-hmm. and they're just showing um, immaturity and you can exactly kinda, I'm you like, could catch well, this you can yeah. nip that relationship in the bud not even have to yeah, worry about it recognize it quickly and be like mm, not nah, you're gonna say some sassy things to me i don't want that in my life goodbye yeah. um <laughs> type of comments as well yeah yeah it's good i think yeah, it is good it helps filter out oh yeah you can recognize quicker if people are good or I always like to see gonna when, treat you nicely uh, or not i always yeah. like to see when newer relationships when when your friend is uh is willing to start making jokes about the eyes because people are hesitant yeah. to joke about it at first. And I think when I start to joke about them, other people will feel more comfortable joking about them. More too. comfortable doing it. Yeah. yeah. I tried to be a lot more eyes? like, I tried it. I've tried. That's one thing I've been trying to like improve, like work on a lot. It's just like make it a bit more lighthearted because it's Do you not have any like go-to jokes. Uh, you know, I wrote some down. Hang on. <laughs> right, maybe I can use them. Because I can use them during my. Yeah, well, so when um, cause, yeah, I'd love to try stand up comedy one day, and then I think that the vision impairment is a great, it's a great topic to go to because yes. it's there's there's a lot of funny things there that we do, but what I'm struggling to like write something with is like, well, how do you make it relatable to like, how do you yeah make this niche impairment relatable to the wider audience and that's what i've been trying to think of um somewhere buried in my phone well as you're you're looking um, for yours i'll tell you i've got so kind of what i'll start with is uh i'll say i I look like i was born during an earthquake and never recovered (laughs) i'll usually start off with something like that and then i'll say that um googly eyes have been culturally appropriating me my whole life they're offensive (laughs) I'm trying to write some material on googly eyes right now. I, I've had I don't comments, know oh, you look like you know, a really good security camera. What's that? Uh, some, I've had someone comment before and be like, oh, yeah, you know, it looks like you're a really good security camera. Like, you know, you keep track ah, of everything yeah. going on. Like. True. <laughs> um, I think, like, the funnier things, too, like we mentioned, not recognizing when people are crying. I think it's not, yeah, like, I can't see when you're crying or, um, so, you know, if you're crying, I'm not being rude and ignoring you. I just can't see that you're, you're doing it. You know, if you're talking about... You know, your pet just died. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not emotionless in response to poor your poor pet passing away. Um, what I was gonna say, like, I noticed like some funny behaviors that I do. Maybe not like one-off jokes or anything, but like walking walking down the street to the bus. Obviously, like you know, I know some of my neighbors, 
but I can't see them in their car. I don't, I don't 100% know that, know that that's them. So if I'm walking down the road and I'm like, oh no, there's a car which I think is my neighbor, but I can't see them in the car. Do I wave? Do I not wave? What do I do? And then I'm just like, you know what? So I've kind of got this like coping mechanism now where I'll just put my headphones on and just like look forward and just look like I'm daydreaming or just like, you know, in my own zone. So at least like, oh yeah, I saw you. Oh, sorry. I was in my own world, you know. I've um, done that too. Just, yeah. Um, the headphones are definitely around as well. Yes. Yeah. Because the headphones give um, you an excuse he- too. The headphones are like, oh yeah, I was just exactly. listening and I got caught yeah, I was, I was listening into this podcast. You know, dancing I was podcast is so good. <laughs> I just couldn't. <laughs> um, yeah, funny things like that. Now what I do, uh, like in that yeah. exact scenario, if I'm running or jogging and I see a car, I just wave at everybody. Now I just don't even. Yeah, that's like, hey, a, that's, that's the other compromise. Just like overcompensate, just hello to everybody. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you know, just be friendly in the world. Um, yeah, another funny one as well is like I'm sitting on the train and like I'm looking at my phone, right? So like for me, looking at my phone is like this. That just looks like I'm taking a photo of you. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh no, do they? Do these people on the train think I'm like some weirdo where I'm just taking a photo of them on the train where I'm just like, actually, I'm just looking at my phone. But they probably think I'm, yeah. Um, Is that your normal yeah, point? Yeah, funny right things there, like that. While you're holding the phone um, to that angle. Yeah, I think my null point is like, probably like this. I don't know. It's not always super noticeable. I had the surgery to like improve it. When I was like a kid, it used to be like, I used to be like this. Mm. So I was looking up. Um, but yeah, now Same. it's slightly off to the, the left, I think. Yeah, I look I look more to the right um, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I think the worst, yeah, the things like fatigue and like the worst my eyesight is, the more intense my null point will be. So like if I'm really tired, then, you know, it'll be more um, further off to the side. But yeah. So speaking um, of stand-up comedy, you were saying that you would be interested in doing it. Are you going to... Yeah. Come on. Go do it, man. I want to see yeah, what you Yeah, I know. I, I really want to. I'm just like, I need to like write something first um, and then, you know, build up the courage to book in somewhere to give it a go. Um, but yeah, it, it'd be really fun. Do you not feel like... Although it'd probably be a good thing. I was going to say, do you not feel nervous standing up in front of the crowd and then having people look at you? But then at the same time, you can't see the crowd as easily right so it probably yeah. maybe helps with the nerves because you can't see people like i don't know making hand gestures and things like oftentimes that. if you're in a comedy club though uh, which once in a while i will be able to get into one the lights are set up in a way where the audience is dark anyway so it doesn't even okay. have to do with your like you you'll be able to see the right. first row or two but the rest of it's kind of like dimmed out and because yeah. the spotlight's on you and uh yeah now the first two times i performed stand-up comedy just the first two specifically i was outrageously nervous i was the most anxious i've been in my whole life uh, unlike yeah. anything i've ever experienced and uh not fun but it had nothing to do with my eyes it had everything to do with it's other just like things. more of like a a um public speaking and yes are people gonna laugh at my jokes <laughs> kind of nervous yeah i'd yeah. hate to bomb in front of 80 people it just sounds awful <laughs> so it we had, have um uh, oh go ahead i was gonna say we have a uh, the comedy comedy lounge that's the um comedy place we have here in perth and one of the shows that they do it's called the gong show so whenever it's like people get like allocated three minute slots but if the audience isn't laughing they get to hold up a sign and they get and if most of the audience holds up their sign they whack a gong and they get booed off stage oh. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm like, I kind of like that because it, if you get booed off stage, it's also funny. You don't have to take it so personally because, like, majority of people are getting booed off stage. So are they? It's like, it, it, yeah, yeah. It is pretty satisfying. Is it? An, is it an, so it's an open mic, yeah. right? Like anybody can go up there and sign up. Um, they do open mic ones, and then they also do sign up ones as well. Okay. Um, yeah. So whoever wins gets like a prize. With like I don't know some amount of money. Right, I got to come out to um, Australia and try that. Try that one out. <laughs> Give it a go. Sounds oh, cool. you should start it. You should uh, recommend that to your comedy places. So, uh, <laughs> I like that. Embrace it. I'll talk yeah. to some of my hosts. <laughs> That's a good yeah. idea. 
so yeah, I think that would be a pretty fun one. I don't know if I'd want to do it for the first first time. No, because no, at least that, you shouldn't do that. Because no, then I may not get the opportunity to finish my set either. I'd be like, oh shit, it was that. Oh, sorry, do that. No, <laughs> it's okay. so bad. Yeah, don't do that um, for the first time. For the first time, I'll just go up to a normal yeah. open mic, and at a normal yeah. open mic, you'll get about three to five minutes. Every place is a little yeah. different, but you get usually a minimum of three minutes and yeah like i I was writing jokes for a while before i I ended up going up there for the first Mm -hmm. time and you know it takes some time to come up with three minutes worth of jokes but they come eventually and uh, yeah yeah three minutes isn't too huge of like an amount of time to talk for either so it's definitely achievable to write something yeah um for that amount of time and you can even how do you know yeah true it can be like a a, a, um yeah like a bit of an anecdote or like a a punchline at the end of a story. Yeah. Um, So like just a common thing with stories would be you, you have a story and you have a clear punchline at the end and you tag the story up with little jokes here and there just to keep the audience retention. Just so they can be there when you deliver the punchline. You just want them to. Yeah. So they're engaged. engaged. Duration. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's like, how do you know when, go ahead. I <laughs> Sorry, I know we're dropping each other down. Lag. I was gonna say, how do you know? Not yeah. How do you know when um it's time? Like when your set's over? Because like, do, do you have a watch or no, do they, they tell they, you? They'll flash a light. The host will. Yeah, because okay, because that was what I was wondering. Was like, am I just gonna be talking forever and just not see someone waving? Like, stop it! Like, it's been half an hour. Get off the stage! Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, so I think yeah, about there, that in presentations ways, too. There's a few ways yeah. you can go about that, right? So the first way would be to figure out how long you're gonna get before the set, and practice the set and time it out on your phone and time it out so that you get three minutes. True. And yeah, so by the time you go up point. on stage, you know yeah. you only have three minutes worth of material, and you don't even have to worry about mm-hmm. the light because your your, your set's going to be done in that time mm-hmm. anyway. And the number two thing is, yeah, the light. And the light's usually pretty obvious. There's only been once or twice out of the 30 or so times that I've performed that I, I didn't see the light. But yeah. fortunately, my set, because I had done that first step, my set had timed out perfectly, and the it was going to end relevant. anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And I reckon that could probably happen to anyone as well. Just like not seeing the light, people because maybe it's not a fact that they can't see it. I think it's more just they're like they're in the zone, so they're not paying attention. Yeah, they're the focused time. up here, yeah, yeah, trying to like get through their set. I had so. one, of, one of my sets yeah. went by, and the host came up after I was done, and she was like. Uh, Frankie's legally Frankie's legally blind, and he could still see the light. Guys, come on! Why are you all <laughs> going I love over that. your yeah. time? Yeah. See, that's yeah. I love jokes like that. Yeah, it's good that people um, feel comfortable enough to make a joke like that because it's not yeah. it's not rude, is it? It's just like I don't know. I think it's funny to be honest. Like, it's also you you influence their their comfort levels by being able to yeah. make jokes because if if my material is about my eyes. That like she would she wouldn't even know I was legally legally blind if I did yeah. mention it. So you just talk about the eyes and then people can joke around a little bit. I had one little bit which this only happened one time, but a guy, a few people in front of me said that he was at a convention and that his buddy got into a like a fist fight with a blind dude. I <laughs> got into a fight with a blind guy and I was like, ah, oh, perfect, perfect. I could use this. So when I went up on my stage, uh I started doing material about my eyes. And I was like, yeah, I think that 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 guy's friend headbutted me, and yeah. I got, got a really good pop just just from <laughs> that one line there. So it worked out perfect. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you can use that one in the future too. You know, that one's going to get a chuckle, so it's good to keep it in there. Yeah. Well, it would um, only really work for that, that specific scenario just because that one guy happened oh, true, to true, go true. in front of me with his yeah. bit. Uh, I wish I could just hire that, that guy context. to go up in front of yeah. me before I go up every time. And then I could always have that there. But yeah. One thing I would think is likely I'd always bring up is like, I, I've, I've walked into plenty of glass doors before. I don't, it, part of it's probably just me being oblivious sometimes, but now like, cause I, I'm always like conscious, like, am I not going to see that the doors open or shut? Or, like sometimes glass is super clean. So I'm like, is that door open or is it shut? I can't tell. Yeah. So I find myself like walking up to a door and like putting my arm through first. Yeah. Before I, um, there. <laughs> before I that is like my safety mechanism now to make sure I'm not going to walk into a door. Cause I've done it, done it quite a few times. So that, Oh no. I like walking into trees or poles. Yeah. It'd be funny for you to uh, intentionally dirty up a door 
just so you know that it's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me mark <laughs> Don't door. clean that door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Paint it like a fluorescent green color so it's like high vis. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah if you're going to do stand up, you should uh, hit me up before you go up there. I can, we could yeah, do like a yeah. writing session or something. And I could. Yeah, that'd be fun. We should you know what would be fun? Yeah. I want to do that. You know what would be fun? I just got this idea now. I'll yeah. do a podcast with you and some of my uh, other buddies that I've met through the podcast and we'll have like yeah. five or six of us and we'll get into a zoom call and we'll write some jokes. Start and, making some jokes. And, That's and a great and, idea. And then I'll go we perform them yeah. for like the next few. Yeah. Okay. Or so, <laughs> and then I'll post them on the channel and then, and yeah. then it'll be like, Here, yeah, here's the joke writing session fun. and here's the jokes. Let's see how they work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you should organize that. Let's do it soon. That'd be We're going to do it. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm going to yeah. get you. I'm going to get Nate. Make a note of it. Well, yeah. <laughs> We're going to get Nate. Yeah. We're going to get Chris, uh, Brandon. All right. I'm going to, Mitchell, I'm going to hit these people <laughs> up when I'm done here. <laughs> That's so yeah. fun. I'm excited. That'll be fun. Okay. It's good too. It, Cause it's really funny. Is it just like, it like we're quirky, the things that we do, which are just like awkward or yeah. Not seeing people crying, I think is a funny one or. That is a funny um, one. You could do a lot with that. 100%. You could yeah. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. I have a little bit where um, I I say I hate when people see how crazy my eyes are and they still try to show me a meme on their phone. I can't stand oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, I'll, and then I'll go ahead and say uh, the other day my friend was showing me his phone and instead of telling him that I couldn't see it, I just started laughing because that's what I do now. And then they're uh, like, oh, "That wasn't a funny picture." It's a picture of my new girlfriend, dude. <laughs> that's the punchline, <laughs> and it works works out pretty uh, well. That is so accurate. That's so relevant too. Honestly, when people hand me their phone, like show me a funny picture but this meme has a lot of text in it so i'm like oh my god like i'm not oh. going to be able to read that quick enough and they're sitting there waiting for me to laugh at it and i'm also like aware of that so i'm not fully registering what's on the screen so then i'm just like oh no and now i'm focusing on that so now even if i'm reading it i'm not finding it as funny as they want me to and then <laughs> it's such a it's such a thing it's, um, you just gotta do the fake laugh that's what i do it's yeah because there's people yeah, in my life laugh. who know that i can't see and they'll really like, look at this yeah. it's like ha, 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 yeah. it's funny <laughs> um yeah i've got like uh yeah one of my my closest friend he's he's really supportive and it's really it's really nice um he'll like just like instinctively just help me out now um we went we went uh i went out the other night we played on went to a, a dart we played darts mm -hmm. and like i can't see i could like i threw the darts i could see the dart board but i couldn't see the dart throwing it or it landing on the board so i was just like just like throwing these sharp objects in the distance like and um and like one of the games that you can play it highlights one of the numbers on the dartboard. so mm -hmm. what he was doing he'd walk up ahead of me and like point to like roughly like which wedge on the dartboard i had to throw towards so it's really nice just like i didn't even have to ask nice to do that stuff as well um, people are great sometimes yeah <laughs> um another funny thing too that i find just like quirky things um is like if i'm going to a restaurant or a bar is like finding the bathroom i'm just like oh i just I'm get really worried that i'm not gonna be able to like i'm gonna walk into like the kitchen by accident mm. or um, not be able to find the right bathroom so that I'll just find myself just not not looking for it and just like <laughs> yeah not yeah but that that's one of the things the that I don't really think about right but it actually will help me be more social so because I've been there before and then now I'll just ask the hostess like hey where's the bathroom and they'll just where's point. the bathroom yeah and they'll point me they'll point somewhere and I don't really know where they're pointing but I can see the general you can see the direction they're pointing the yes. yeah yeah. Um, that's yes. I, that happens to me too. They'll point in a direction. I'll be like, "Okay, I guess I'm walking north." Um, <laughs> and then once uh, I get there, I'll the ask somebody with... else if I need to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're on a scavenger. For oh, the, you're the same for person the I asked the first question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it happens with like clothes shopping as well. If I'm like, "Oh yeah, where's like the the men's section?" I find myself in the middle of the women's section. I'm like, "Oh no, <laughs> like mm. what, <laughs> what's happening?" Yeah. yeah. When did men start wearing bikinis? Strange. yeah it's strange <laughs> am i did i buy the correct jeans am i <laughs> yeah funny um food shopping is like a, a challenging one actually like i i get i used to be really anxious like going food shopping because yeah like things are briefly like labeled in the shops 
but it's you know once you get into that aisle it's just small print everywhere trying to find the ingredients and i spent i was like no i'm gonna i'm determined i'm not gonna ask for help i'm gonna i I ended up asking for help and they sent me to the wrong aisle nice because i spent like an hour looking for breadcrumbs (laughs) and i was like what aisle could they be in and i was going through so many aisles and then i asked someone they were like oh it's aisle seven herbs and spices aisle I went to aisle seven and I, I was there for like 20 minutes going up and down, like reading everything <laughs> like intricately. And then I was like, there's nothing here. And then it turns out it was the herbs and spices aisle, but it was actually aisle eight. Here's a thing that I've learned for, for you and for anybody who's listening to. Yeah. I only figured this out like a few months ago, but this actually works. So let's do you guys have Walmart over there? I'm sure. Right. Over in, no, we don't have Walmart. No. Oh, yeah. Why was I so short no. about that? Okay. So anyway, <laughs> you can go somewhere like Walmart, Target, your local grocery store. Yeah. And if you don't know where something is, you could just type up, um, where is breadcrumbs in Kroger? Yeah. That's what I ended up doing. Yeah. yeah. Look for a picture of the item that you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, grocery, do, yeah. Grocery, grocery stores are a pain in the ass too. It's like everything could yeah. be a pain in the ass. Uh, airports, airports aren't extremely exciting either. But then you, yeah. like, you go to an airport enough times and this is the same with, every, with anything, right? Like you, we don't really see much, mm-hmm. but you go to a certain area so many times that you just know where things You know go. what to expect or you know how to look for it. Yeah. Yes. Like um, you know that your gate that you, that you have to go to is going to be written on a projector or like a TV somewhere. So you have to find that TV. Then you take a picture of the gate you have to go to. And then, I don't know, you just keep asking people until you yeah. find it eventually. Yeah. Repet- repetitiveness, uh-huh. repeating things over and over again helps. Yeah. Like I've just been to the airport in Atlanta a thousand times. I've been to the airport in Fort Lauderdale 10,000 times. <laughs> so yeah. it's just, you know, you can figure it out eventually. I'll do better in airports with, with yeah. little vision than people who are clearly sighted. So just. Yeah, repetition. It's, it's very true. Like, even just. Um, like going to a restaurant, I'll find I'll find myself ordering the same thing sometimes because I'm just like, oh, I can't even be bothered taking a picture of the menu. So I'll just get what I know is already on the menu. Um, or I'll copy King. what someone else is getting as well. I'll be like, oh, you're getting the, the double cheeseburger. Yep. Sounds good to me. I don't have to think <laughs> about it. I'm just going to copy what you're getting as well because I can't be bothered. Like I know I can find an alternative, but sometimes I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I just, I don't really care enough to try and look at the entire menu. Like yeah. I, sounds good enough to me yeah, yeah so i'll just get the same thing or copy someone else um, um all right so to kind of bring the podcast to a close here i like to ask these two questions and i think that they generally generally lead to good responses so the first question would be what advice do you have for people who are living with nystagmus how can they make their lives a little easier just like be comf try to work on being comfortable with having the condition because it's likely that it's going to be with you if your entire life even if you you know even if in the future something is developed to stop it the life experiences and challenges they're going to be with you forever um and it's kind of nice i find it you know it separates us and people don't want to be not people want to be normal when they're younger but in a way i feel like it's a part of me which makes me i don't know not special but like different and something unique and that's really nice because then when you meet people in the world, you get to share this unique thing about you. And often people are pretty interested to learn about it. So I'd say embrace having it and make it a part of yourself. Yeah. It's probably the advice I would give. Okay. Yeah. Solid. And what about what, what's some advice that you'd give to a parent of a child who has nystagmus? Just let them explore the world the way they're going to be there and help them um, if they need it talk to schools and do all of those things. Um, but like maybe with more subtlety as well, like don't prevent them from doing things or be like, Oh, it's not worth trying that because you know, you're not going to be able to see what's going on or don't go to this place because you won't be able to see how to get there. You know, um, I really like the way my parents raised me. It was, you know, give, give everything a go and kind of let me explore the world on my own. Because mm. we can do pretty much everything that everyone else can do. Maybe we have to do it differently or it takes a bit longer, but we're pretty much able to do everything that 
everyone else can do. All right. Well, I appreciate you joining me today, man. This was great talking to you. Yeah. Thanks so much. It was really uh, therapeutic and liberating for me as well, just to be able to share and talk about my experiences on a public platform as well. Um, yeah. So thank you for organizing all of this as well. Um, I really appreciate it. And you're doing a great, a great thing and helping lots of people. Thanks, man. I'm super happy to do it. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll, we're going to finish this off over here. For anybody who's listening on YouTube, hit that like button, you know, hit that subscribe button. If you haven't done so already, uh, you listen on Spotify or Apple music. If you could rate it, I'd appreciate it too. I'd like to see some, it's good. It's good for the podcast to when people find a podcast and they scroll down and they see some reviews, people like the reviews. So if you guys want to leave some reviews, I appreciate it. And thank you everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and I, I'm looking forward to making more podcasts for you guys and making some good content for you. And, and yeah, all right. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.